Welcome to Mining the Truth with Ray Sturdivant. Thanks for joining us today as we continue wrapping up our series on The End Times Prophecies. Here's Ray. Hi, I'm Ray Sturdivant. We're studying the end times, and I'm here with my good friends, John Lay and Danny Jacobs. Welcome, fellas. Thank you, Ray. It's wonderful to be here. Well, we are wrapping up our end time study, and I just wanted to start out with some uh, thoughts that we've covered in the show, but uh, worth reiterating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of prophetic passages that portray Christ returning to fight countries, and they're all Muslim. You know, today. So I just wanted to hit a few of those passages. Habakkuk 3 7 says, I saw the tents of Cushion under distress. The tent curtains of the land of Midian were trembling. So, just even in that passage, you cover Sudan, Arabia, and Egypt. Isaiah chapter 19, verse 1 The oracle concerning Egypt. Behold, the Lord is riding on a swift cloud and is about to come to Egypt. The idols of Egypt will tremble at his presence, and the heart of the Egyptian will melt within him. So I will incite Egyptians against Egyptians, and they will each fight against his brother and each against his neighbor, city against city, and kingdom against kingdom. Then the spirit of the Egyptians will be demoralized within them, and I will confound their strategy, so that they will resort to idols and ghosts of the dead, and to mediums and spiritists. Moreover, I will deliver the Egyptian into the hand of a cruel master, and a mighty king will rule over them, declares the Lord God of hosts. Obviously, this is talking about Egypt. Isaiah 10.3 Now, what will you do in the day of punishment, and in the devastation which will come from afar? To whom will you flee for help, and where will you leave your wealth? Nothing remains but to crouch among the captives or fall among the slain. In spite of all of this, his anger does not turn away, and his hand is still stretched out. Woe to Assyria, the rod of my anger, and the staff in whose hand is my indignation. This covers modern-day Syria and Lebanon. Joel 3.1 For behold, in those days, and at that time, when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem, I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. Then I will enter into judgment with them there on behalf of my people and my inheritance, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations, and they have divided my land. You know, those that have divided the land are the Arabs and Palestinians. So that kind of just a brief survey showing that the end times nations that God prophesies against, all of them today are modern-day Muslim nations. You know, and then we know from various scriptures that the Antichrist will lead a ten-nation confederation of countries against Israel in the Battle of Armageddon. You know, it's represented as the ten horns in Revelation. It's represented as the ten toes in Daniel 2 with Nebuchadnezzar's dream of the statue. And it's fascinating to me that two neglected scriptures— in prophecy, Ezekiel 38 and Psalm 83, when you really work into, the, into those passages, you can get ten nations by combining those two uh, scriptures. You think, you think people are <clears throat> really influenced by other people when they come to conclusions about these passages? Because it seems very plausible that that is correct to me. Um, but why don't I hear this viewpoint from a lot of people? Right. 
I think we have for so long believed that, you know, it's a revived Roman Empire. Right. And we, I believe, read that into Scripture because there's only a few support points that, in my opinion, are pretty pretty flimsy. Yeah. And so we already have that mindset. It also causes us to have to make prophetic Scripture more complex. Sure. So because we get to Ezekiel 38, because we have the mindset that it is a revived Roman Empire, and Ezekiel 38 doesn't fit that paradigm. But it seems like it's just easier to cling to that viewpoint because that's what people have heard yes. for so long. Yep. And by, by you know, people who a lot of us, you know, in the Christian community... Yeah, we respect. Would de- yeah, would, would deem highly respectful. Right. Sure. Uh, especially sure. their views on other passages and everything. That, I'm like absolutely. That. So when you're studying this stuff, you really, really need to keep an open mind and try not, I think, try not to start with those preconceptions when you're, when you're studying these passages then. I think it's a great point. And it's really opened my eyes up to see how Scripture wants to interconnect. And when you come in with a point of view, that you're having to divide scripture and make it more complex. Um, I mean, did did you when you attacked this stuff? Were you trying to disprove something, or no? I was trying to understand it. Right. Um, my passion is to understand scripture, accuracy of scripture. You know, I got really bad teaching as a kid, sure, and then I got it again, and so it made me. God put me in a position, the path that I have been on is to really understand Scripture for myself. You know, not trying to be unique or trying to ignore great teaching and other teachers. It's just if I can't understand it and make it understandable for me and connect, then I keep working at it until God reveals it to me. Well, we're going to take a break, and we will come back in a few minutes and pick this back up. You've been listening to Minding the Truth with Ray Sturdivant. If you have questions or comments for us, you can email us at ray at mindingthetruth.com. Also, we'd like to ask that you take a minute and prayerfully consider supporting this ministry. And if God has prompted you to do so, just go to mindingthetruth.com and click donate. Thanks again for listening. Now back to Ray. Welcome back. And we are studying the end times, and we are discussing the ten nations that go against Israel in the last days. Yeah, I'm still really wondering kind of how that original synopsis of those passages came about. Uh, I'm sure you have a theory. I have Ray. a theory. Why don't you tell us where that comes from? <laughs> well, I believe that when Martin Luther, the reformer who started the Reformation, when he broke off from the Catholic Church, the Catholic Church in that day was much more off-track, you know, than what we have today. Oh, absolutely, tyrannical. Oh, yes, and, you know, putting people to death for having copies of Scripture, very, uh, very much off-track. So Martin Luther, when he came out of, you know, he was a a monk, and Mm -hmm. when he came out from under the spell of the Catholic Church— and understood for the first time that we are saved by grace. That started the Protestant Reformation. It also uh, gave him a point of view of end times scripture that he believed that the Catholic Church was the end times 
false religion in so the Pope. So it just stems from his general uh, hatred of what was happening at the time. Then, yeah, and, and you know, at least he had a good reason for it. I mean, right, it, right. you know, and the Catholic Church was based out of Rome, and so that started this concept, and people have held on to it, and the Catholic Church is nothing like it was, you know, at the time of the Reformation. Right, right. Well, yeah. You know, there's, there's some great uh, people today. I mean, there's priests that I read their books. Mm-hmm, I mean, it's... Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think you I can make a case... You just can't make a case that the Catholic Church is the end times false religion. I mean, the, if you look at what John describes, the Antichrist is someone who denies Christ. Yeah. Catholics mm-hmm. don't deny Christ. It's you can't not make that. Be the Pope, then. Yeah. I mean, they may be confused, you know, but hey, we don't have a great track record either. Right. You know, there's uh, denominations. We, we squabble over our doctrines. Mm-hmm. And uh, so. So we shouldn't be looking for the new Pope to be the Antichrist. No. <laughs> No. You know, not in my opinion, especially when you look at the passages that talk about the end times, they're giving you the region, you know, the region that this empire is going to come out of. And it's not East, it's not Western Europe. It's Turkey. It's Turkey. It's, you know, Iraq. It's the Middle East. It's the nations that surround Israel. I got that from you, John, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just, uh, that theory has been expanded, and more detail has been given to it. And I think there becomes a period of time where it has been so taught people accept it as fact without researching it and digging into it for themselves. There's view, so much of that in life generally. It is. I mean, think about even, even a little off subject and everything, economics. You bet. You know, the, the, the detachment from what the real doctrine is for a certain amount of time causes people to just move off into rabbit trails. Yeah, and, you know, the the general populace will just look at these guys with, you know, PhDs and just say they know more about Scripture than I do and just sort of— How, Lindsay? Yeah, and just sort of read it. And, you know, I think that I, my view of theology is kind of like a target. You know, the bullseye— yeah. Are some un, you cannot compromise on the items that fit into the bullseye. Things like the deity of Christ, you know, faith alone in Christ alone is what saves us. The Trinity, you know, uh, those doctrines we cannot compromise on. Just the cornerstones themselves. You, you bet. So that's the bullseye. The further you get away from the bullseye, the grayer it gets in Scripture. The more we should be able to bat this stuff around and not try to kill each other and, you know, have. Theological fistfights over marriage, <laughs> and <laughs> let's stay on topic, Daddy. <laughs> and so, prophecy for me is way out here on the outer circle, right? Yeah, and we should be able to sit around like we're doing and kick this mm-hmm. stuff around, and you know, people not get as upset over things as they do with prophecy. So, how did you get to the point where you realized that it wasn't the Holy Roman Empire, but it was, you know, these ten Muslim nations? Well, I had one, I had a good friend who had studied prophecy for years, and after 9-11, he did a paradigm shift. He just woke up and said, we have missed something, and he started digging into it. And then years later, when I decided to do this study, I started digging into it. I had about 15 books going at the same time, and 
you know, you read a lot of these books and there may be a, a page worth reading and the rest of it, you know, doesn't, it's all becomes a lot of theory and not enough scripture involved. Right. And so eventually I set all of those aside and I just started praying for, for God to reveal to me, you know, what, what I was reading. And Probably the most key component then, right? Yeah. yeah and, and, praying, right? and if I couldn't back it up with scripture, then the, I, I, didn't, I didn't buy the theory. I, I think that's the most, that's the best policy. Period. Anytime I do too. We're talking about because. the Bible, it has. If it's not supported by Scripture, then we should leave it alone. I agree. I agree. So you know, and you know, none of this. There, there's stuff in here that is obviously I, I have been influenced by other people. Just, be, but it wasn't. I didn't just take their theory. Yeah. If they couldn't support with Scripture, I threw it away. And so through this. I never understood how interconnected Scripture is. It is mind-boggling how much Scriptures connect when you don't try to come at them with a theory. You just let them connect, and you follow it where it goes. Yeah. And so that would be my challenge to everyone listening is do your own study. Ask God to reveal it to you. Use, use theories. Use people that are you know teaching that obviously have done a lot of work you know, benefit from it, but don't just blindly accept it as if it is the be, only way to look at it. Be like the Bereans. You bet. And the litmus test would be if more than one scripture backs it up, then you're probably on the right track. You bet. And that's what started happening to me when Ezekiel 38, Psalm 83, the passages I just read. And then I've gone back since this study and looked, and Ezekiel 38 contains the same 10 nations through wow. the whole book. So like, you just okay. drew a map. Yeah, just basically I drew a map of Scripture. And when it's when Scripture connects like that, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure I'm on the right track. Right. And when you have a theory that is preventing, it's almost like a uh, polar opposite magnet when it starts repelling Scripture, eh, I'm pretty sure I got it wrong. And when I pull that out of the way and they all interconnect, mm -hmm. pretty sure I'm on the right track. And for me, that's what happens when you remove... You know, this concept that it's the Roman Empire, revived Roman Empire, when I pull that concept out of the way, let Scripture interconnect, it's pretty compelling. Well, that's all the time that we have. I'm Ray Sturdivant, Mining the Truth. Thanks for listening to Mining the Truth with Ray Sturdivant. If you have questions or comments for us, email us right here at ray at miningthetruth.com. We welcome your comments and hope you'll join us next time for more of In Time Prophecies.